0: thing mm-hmm. 2024 of MTMO Sports Podcast. Dubs, yo, as, as y'all heard, my man, Von L. Harris say, yo, did you miss me? Yo, it felt like it's been a minute since I sat down in this chair behind this screen and everything else, you feel me, man? Been having a lot going on, you feel me? I had my boys switch over from football to playing basketball now. They most definitely playing basketball, taking over in this basketball thing, boy, I'm trying to tell y'all. Can't wait to show y'all some clips and highlights of them in the future. The daughter playing volleyball still, man, converting over to the rec, uh, rec league now. And she had a nice stellar winter league. So, now she's trying to uh, finish out her winter league at this other league. So, which is pretty dope. You feel me, man? Um, Birthday had just passed this past Saturday. Yo, yo. Shout out to... Um uh, my guy kirk and my wife, man, for showing me like the best birthday I can possibly have. You feel me, man? Like taking me out to this great dinner call um restaurant called the Black Swan. And I'm trying to tell you all my Baltimoreans, if you have not tried out Black Swan yet, Doug, you have to go. It is a must. Like it is a must. You know what I mean? Little cup with hours, but hey, it's a must, you feel me, man. They also took me to see uh, one of my favorite comedians, Eddie Griffin, man. Eddie Griffin had had a banging, and out show, man. And and like I said, man, this was like one of the best birthdays I can possibly ever had, man. My son's won their first basketball game on Saturday. So it would just fill with just a whole lot of joy, a whole lot of everything. You feel me, man? And, and it just said uh that everything is just. Starting to pan out to be great, man. And and like I said, I got some great, great news coming up this 2024 year, man. I can't wait to show, uh, share it with y'all. I got some new guesses, got some returning guesses for 2024. Like I said, yo, MTMO is about to have something different, yo, this up to upcoming year, you feel me? So enough with the rambling. We caught up. Y'all see me, y'all miss me, I miss y'all, y'all feel me, you know what I mean. It's been a lot going on in the sports world, especially in the NFL. I'm going to touch on the NFL today, majority of the show. I'm going to have a little bit of the NBA towards the end, especially my random thought, man. I'm trying to tell you, my random thought is going to have you already thinking, you feel me? But, yo, this is my 118th thought, yo. Like, woof. It's a lot of thoughts I didn't have, you feel me? And this episode will be talking about the surprising and disappointing teams. Which teams were surprised or which team really disappointed us this year? I'm going to be talking about um, – we'll be talking about – it's a lot of head coaching vacancies that's available now. Which head coaching vacancy is the best one I, I feel like that people should really go out for? I'm going to be talking about that wild card weekend. Woo, yo, The NFL wild card playoffs had jumped off on Saturday, man, and has been giving us a lot of surprises, a lot of teams – a lot of teams didn't show up, for real, for real. Cowboys. <laughs> oh man. and Then, like I said, I'm gonna give you all my random thought, man, on this NBA guy who's who's uh don't know how to keep his hands to himself. Got a little bit of uh sticky finger situation. So <laughs> more about it, man. But let's go talk about the NFL. You feel me? Because like I said, it's been some teams this year that was a surprise like really took on surprises of some teams that it was like, damn, I really thought that you was going to be a better team uh, than what you was last year. I was kind of banking on you winning the division this year. You know what I mean? So, and I'm going to start off with the NFC side because I really feel like the NFC was a little bit hard for me to pick, especially when it comes to the um surprise team and my surprise team is really going to surprise y'all for real, for real. But, I'm going to go ahead and start off with my disappointing team of the NFC of this year's of uh, NFL season, man. And like I said, this, this team is really a really, really a disappointment, man. Cause I really thought that once they had signed this quarterback to a new contract extension, that this quarterback was really going to show themselves like they can really be a contender in the NFC West. And now that I gave you, y'all that clue man the team is that i was kind of disappointing on this year is for the nfc is the seattle seahawks man the seattle seahawks was was a team that i really really thought high of and I, like i said i knew they wasn't going to beat the 49ers in that division but i at least thought that it was going to have be a little bit more competitive um in this division now don't get me wrong i understand that people is probably looking at me like how Pete Carroll is looking right now. How did I pick the uh the Seahawks to be the disappointing team, man? And they had to win a winning record. You feel me? This team was also nine and eight in the total record. They was four and five on the road. They was two and four in the division. And in my opinion, there were like several reasons why the Seahawks uh um, may have been considered a disappointing team this year. You know what I mean? For the simple fact that Um, Some factors, including the underperforming players, man. Uh, I'm not saying that DK Metcalf had underperformed this year, but DK Metcalf didn't really take that next step, though, to be solidified as a top wide receiver. We can go ahead and name, like, Justin Jefferson. We can name Devontae Adams, who also had a bad year, but we still won't put him in consideration of being the top wide receiver. Cooper Cup, who didn't really have a stellar year either but was still can consider as a top 10 or a top five, depending on certain people's list, you feel me, that he can be a top five wide receiver. DK Metcalf, I feel like, has the whole upside, has the whole potential to be a top 10 wide receiver in the game. I'm not going to fully give him a top five, you feel me, but a top 10 wide receiver, I think DK Metcalf can be that. Yes, DK Metcalf was able to get over a 1,000 yards, but you know one thing about DK Metcalf didn't really get this year? He didn't get 100 catches. Now, I understand that, you know, you got to spread the ball. You got to spread the love. I totally get that. But at the same time, that if DK Metcalf can be a top 10 wide receiver, DK Metcalf has to most definitely, most definitely get out of the 70 reception uh, range. He can't be in the 70s. I think that DK Metcalf has to be in the high 80s, like an 85 and up for him to to be a solidified uh, for him to help the Seahawks and take over to help the Seahawks take over that division, and I felt like DK Metcalf. Like I say, he's he's good, he's good. I'm not trying to down him or anything in that nature, but at the same time, man, you you still won't mention DK Metcalf in none of the top uh, statistic categories coming in this year. So I really felt like that he took a step back this year. Another guy that took a step back this year, in my eyes. Was Geno Smith? Geno Smith had got that contract extension last year from the Seahawks, and yes, it was a great deal for them because honestly, I don't think that there was another quarterback out there that was worth them getting another deal to bring him in and try to re, uh, restart over, try to learn this offense. So, but Geno, he I, like I said, I didn't feel like he played up uh, to his expectations. Excuse me, up his contract. Um, like I said, he was a 69.8 percent completing uh completion percentage. He threw over 4,000 yards, he threw 4,282 yards. Um, he threw for 30 touchdowns, and his QBR rating was 62.8. And this was last year, this is not this year, this is last year. This year, he came in throwing a 64.7 percent. Um, he threw 3,628. I mean, 600. 6,3624 Six three thousand six hundred twenty-four yards. He threw twenty touchdowns, and his QBR rating was a fifty-nine point six. He dropped, in my opinion, and I felt like once he dropped, it was that 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 team was no longer um can show that potential they showed last year. Because remember last year, if this was this time last year, I would have picked. I didn't pick the Seahawks as my surprise team this year. But the, the way they underperformed this year, man. Like I said, yes, nine and eight, you gotta win a record. But when it comes to going on a road outside of Seattle, wasn't too good. Didn't make the five hundred. You feel me? So, you know, I mean, I, I just really just think that this team had took a step back this year. Um, they didn't make the playoffs, and I, that's why I felt like that they was my disappointing team of the NFC. No, I'm not worrying about the uh, the Cardinals. The Cardinals, I didn't have no expectations for the Cardinals. I didn't have no expectations um, for the Bears. I didn't have no expectations for – um. Uh, it was another team. A lot of people gave me a little grief on about this. Uh, I can't really think off top, but those teams, they didn't really have high expectations for them – to even set a goal for. Them. We just knew that they, they were going to be okay. They if they can win a couple of games here and there, they would have did fine. But, but for the Seattle Seahawks, I didn't expect them to go undefeated, but I did expect them to at least be competitive in that division, at least take the 49ers down to the wire in that division. And and, and at least be a little bit more better than what the Los Angeles Rams was. That's how that's why I gave the Seattle Seahawks my disappointing uh team of the NFC this year. Now my surprise team of the NFC this year. Now I was going back and forth because for the simple fact man I really didn't know which team to really go with. And there was two teams. Now these both of these teams had made the playoffs because I don't believe that need nobody really expected neither one of these teams to actually make the playoffs. I thought they was either going to be third to last in that division. And That surprise team, like I said, it it took me all the way down to my last minute on my notes to actually come up with this team. But my surprise team of the NFC, it is coming out of the NFC North. And like I said, no, it's not the Chicago Bears. No, it's not the Minnesota Vikings. No, it's not the Detroit Lions. It's the Green Bay Packers. And the reason why I chose the Green Bay Packers, because like I said, man, nobody believed in them nobody you feel me these guys was um nine and eight they was nine and eight finished the season off they were able to make the wild card at the number seven seed these guys was able to uh be five and three at home so when you come to Lam- Lambo Field we already know what it is you know what I mean these guys was able to go four and two in their division so and like I said, we didn't really have no expectations of Jordan Love. We didn't really think that Jordan Love was even going to be even mentioned as a good quarterback this year. Not going to put him in a great or the elite category, but he was good. He was so good that this guy had threw over four thousand yards this year. He threw for four thousand one hundred and fifty-nine yards. He completed sixty-four um, percent uh, 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 of his complete he threw 32 touchdowns he his QBR was a 62.1 so like I said it looks like that Jordan Love can be the future for the Green Bay Packers it looks like that Jordan Love really took that step back and and really was able to learn everything from Aaron Rodgers just like how Aaron Rodgers had learned from Brett Favre so I really just think that the Jordan Love could be the future for this uh Green Bay Packers and like I said, that it shows you that the Green Bay Packers, nobody – I didn't have no expectations. I believe I had picked the Minnesota Vikings or the Chicago Bears to actually win this division. No, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. I think I picked the Detroit Lions. I picked the Detroit Lions. But I really just thought that the Green Bay Pack was either going to be last or next to last. I didn't really have no expectations of them. But with with, with that good head coaching they got over there, with uh, – um, but Jordan Love being an efficient quarterback. You know, I mean, it was good enough. Aaron Jones, but had a decent year. Didn't play the full year, but he had a decent enough year to actually help Green Bay run the game out. And then that defense was able to step up at times. Because we got to remember, right before around Thanksgiving time, people was giving the Green was writing Green Bay off. People didn't believe that Green Bay was actually going to make the playoffs. But what did Green Bay do? They win on Thanksgiving. They went on Christmas Eve. They won on New Year's Eve. So they were just like they was just setting themselves up to become a better team than what they was in the beginning of the season. So that's my surprise team in the NFC, right there, man. And yes, I understand that a lot of people probably was like, "Yo, what about the Cowboys?" No. <laughs> um, what about Tampa Bay? That was my ne- that was my other team that I was going back and forth between Tampa Bay and Green Bay was. My my surprise team of the NFC, man, and and like I said, it came down to the last white for me to actually go ahead and say, let me get Green Bay some love. So my man Kurt, I know you watching. Shout out to your Green Bay Packers because I know you happy that I actually picked them. Um, let's see, I got some got some comments. My guy uh, Ray, two teams from the from that division went to the playoffs. Yes, I get that. I totally get that. But at the same time, nobody expected them to – nobody expected the Seahawks to take a uh, back seat. So you telling me that you picked the Rams over the Seahawks, Ray? (laughs) You got to say – you got to tell me. You got to ask me these questions now, Ray. So you sit here, you got to tell me that the Rams – now understand that the Rams didn't have a, a great team, a sexy team, a team for you to look at. But as you just started paying attention to the Rams uh, winning um, way better games, better uh, matchups than what the Seahawks was doing. At times, the Seahawks was getting blown out. You know, I mean, I understand that, yes, the Rams came second place, and, yes, they sent out two divisions to the playoffs, but you didn't really expect the Rams to be better than the Seahawks. Like, come on. Uh, The Vikings and the Bears are more disappointing uh, I'm not going to really say that because for the simple fact that the Vikings had injuries, you know I mean? We, we didn't really see the full potential because in the beginning of the season, you see Justin Jefferson also went down for quite some time. So we wasn't going to see the team at full. Then you seen Kirk Cousins go down. Then you see they had multiple uh, quarterbacks after the Vikings. You feel me? I mean, at, at the Kirk Cousins, you had Josh Dobbs, you had Case Keenum, and God knows whoever else they had. You feel me? So, I'm not going to just give it to the Vikings, you know, having a disappointing season. The Bears, I didn't have no expectation for the Bears. I don't know what expectations you might have had for the Bears, though, but I didn't really think that the Bears um, was a disappointing team, really, because there was nothing looking forward to uh, for Tampa Bay. I mean, uh, for Chicago. So that's how that's why I came up with it. They ran the ball well, and we split with them two Otherwise, man, I get that part. I totally get that. And then he said, "Come on, Tampa Bay." Like I said, Ray, it was it was it was hard. It was very very hard to go back and forth between Tampa Bay and Green Bay. And I think the only reason why I gave Green Bay that notch is because of what they did um, towards the end of the season, and Green Bay had a better home record. Uh, it was just by like a slight. It was just by one game, but I still felt like that Green Bay um, came out of nowhere. And and we both said it on on when we had our show together that Tampa Bay didn't really look that good out uh, at the Tom Brady, and we all thought that the, the Buccaneers was going to have a, a shitty year. But hey, you know I mean like I said they they was neck and neck with Green Bay, so I had to cho- I had to go ahead and choose uh, Green Bay on this one, man. All right, let's go to, to the AFC. Which team was a disappointing team in the in, in the AFC this year? And the team that I'm going with the disappointing this year is, I'm pretty sure everybody going to know it. Because this team, man, they, they signed their quarterback to a nice extension right after Lamar had got his contract and everything else. They went went out here and got a new offensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. And we all were still scratching our was like, did you see what he did with that, Prescott? Why would you want to do that to Justin Herbert? And then sure enough, the Los Angeles Chargers wind up having a disappointing year. And I really feel like the Chargers uh, had a disappointing year, man, because for the simple fact, the Chargers had high hopes. And now I'm not saying that the Chargers was going to win the AFC West, but. Everybody thought that this team could be the next uh can be followed right behind Kansas City. Was probably gonna get Kansas City a little bit running for their money, just a little bit. But somehow, some way the Chargers had took a, a wrong turn, like the wrong turn. And and it seems like that Justin Herbert might not be the answer. Now, like I said, he, he did had uh wind up getting injured. He did wind up um didn't perform at that well after the injury, but at the same time, man, I, I would just thought that Justin Herbert was going to take that extra leap to put himself in that conversation as elite quarterback. But the Chargers wind up fin- finishing five and twelve. They was two and seven at home, one and five in the division, and at the end of the season, they was on a five game losing streak. Like I said, yes, they had bit with injury bugs and everything else, but that's part of the game. That's part of the nature. That's part of the sport. You can't just keep laying on injuries being that that's the reason why that your team is having a bad year. It's like, you just really can't just keep hanging at Because like I said, Justin Herbert, man, we expected Justin Herbert to have a um, great year this year. And for the fact that Justin, like I said, Justin Herbert didn't have that great year, man, it was just mind blowing just a little bit because like I said, he, he got paid and I'm not saying that when you get paid that everybody's supposed to perform, the way, uh, better than what they did previously. But at the same time, man, he, he, got to be way better than that. And I felt like Justin Herbert didn't take that next step of getting better. I felt like Justin Herbert just was just coasting it. You know what I mean? He had good wide receivers and Keenan Allen and, and, and they, uh, drafted, uh, an uh, Quentin, what is his name? Quentin Williams or Quentin Thomas. Can't remember. I think his name is Quentin Williams. Uh, out of the um out of college, and they already still had Mike Williams on the other side um of him, but neither of those two guys really held that it, it was dependent on Keenan Allen pretty much the whole year. Then you had Austin Alcalo who was in and out in and out the lineup, and he was also trying to fight for a new contract. Um, so you can just see that the disaster for the charges was just, was just happening, and and I I think that. Now they had to go with a fresh start. They had to go with a new head coach because their head coach got fired because of this. You know, Justin Herbert was only throwing. He only threw over three thousand yards, three thousand one hundred and thirty-four yards to be exact. He threw twenty touchdowns. He threw seven interceptions. His QBR was sixty-four point three, and his completion stats, his completion uh, percentage was a sixty-five point one. So it was like he was still completing good passes, but it just wasn't translating over to wins. And that's why I felt like the Chargers – and the Chargers have a good team on both sides of the ball. Excuse me. I felt like on the on the defensive side, they got Khalil Mack, they got Bosa. Um, they got Asante Samuel, Jr. They have Derwin James whenever he can stay healthy. They have good solid key pieces on that team. But it just seemed like there's – the Chargers just couldn't get it right. You know, what I mean, it seems like the Chargers just I just really think that new coaching is gonna be uh good for the Chargers. I'm hoping that uh they change their whole coaching staff also get that offensive coordinator out of there. He was no good in Dallas, he's not gonna be no good um uh uh um in and in and, and Los Angeles. You know, what I mean I'm not saying that. He's not going to be – he's just not a good fit for the Chargers. He's not a good fit for quarterbacks that got that can pretty much pretty much gamble a little bit. And Justin Herbert likes to gamble. Justin Herbert got that strong arm. He can feel like he can fit it to any window. And I think that's pretty much how that Prescott was a little bit. You know what I mean? Trying to press the issue. And then the stuff that's not uh, – the window is not there. And then it shows that, like, is it that Prescott or is it the offensive coordinator? Then once the offensive coordinator left Dallas, you see that the uh, turnover race had went down for that Prescott. But, you know, it didn't go off for Justin Herbert, but you can just see that that offense just wasn't really clicking. They, they did not really look comfortable when it comes to um, Justin Herbert in that offense. So I, I think that now there's going to have to be, well, it is going to be a new coaching uh, up in um, Los Angeles. They're trying to get Jim Harbaugh to come up there. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's some other big names that I feel like that should go ahead and try to take this job. Now, is it the best job? i get to that in a minute. <laughs> you feel me? But um, I just really think that the Chargers really going to have to revamp that whole um, organization a little bit. New voice, new coaching style. Hopefully they um, could implement more running. To help out Justin Herbert, I think that that's where the Chargers really, really need help. is in the running game. I'm not saying that Austin Eckler is not the answer, but I, I think you need to start putting the ball in his gut a little bit more instead of in, into Justin Herbert. on. Um, you you can clearly see that when it's time for quarterbacks to try to do everything by themselves, a la Josh Allen, it's not working good for them. You know, what I mean, they have a they have a struggling season, and I think that that's what happened with. The Chargers, they put everything on Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert uh, not really um, built enough to carry a team like that. You know what I mean? I think you still got to – we still got some things. We still got some growth and some maturity that uh, Justin Herbert really just needs to figure out and do. You feel me? And, and I just think that with this, hopefully the new coaching that comes to the Chargers can really – uh, dig deep into the bag and get more out of Justin Herbert because I really feel like Justin Herbert can be a good quarterback in this league. You feel me? So let's get down to my last team, my last surprise team. And if you believe it has been panting the football, man, it's really not going to come to no surprise in this AFC. I feel like that, honestly, this team, um, the way that they, they was built, the way that the route that they was taken, you can just see that, if you give it time that this team could be um better, that this team can grow. This team just need to um establish some culture down there. And if this new head coach can establish that culture down there, I really feel like that this team can really start molding themselves, like how the Jacksonville Jaguars. It took them a couple of years to actually see what they got, which is enough disappointing team, but they ain't make the list. But you seen what Jackson? No, you know what better example is. You seen when the Detroit Lions, when Dan Campbell kept uh when, when first got there, he only got three wins when he first got there. But you can just see like they are playing hard to the very very end. They just gotta find a way to turn that curve. And now you can see the Detroit Lions. They turned that curve. Now we can kind of uh see hoping see that Detroit Lions can make the playoffs. Not this this year, you know what I mean? Make it next year. Not win the division this this year, win it next year. You know what I mean? And then we can kind of start putting the Detroit Lions in a different category. Is this a team that maybe it's just a still and brother team? Maybe it's just this piece of weight. You know what I mean? That's how I almost feel about this team now. That this team really surprised me. This team really uh took over the AFC self, even though the Jacksonville Jaguars did give it to them. But hey. Why not take it while somebody's giving it to you? So the team that I felt like was a surprise team in the AFC this year, no other than the Houston Texans. I really think that the Houston Texans surprised us this year. Nobody, I don't care, what nobody say Nobody, unless you're a true Houston Texan fan, believe that Houston Texans was going to win a division, make it to the playoffs, and have a good division record. Because that's exactly what they did. They went 10-7. They were 6-3 and three at home. They was 4-2 in their own division. You feel me? And I really just think that the job that D'Amico Rice is doing down there is a 100% stellar job. Because, like I said, I didn't really believe that this was going to be that year. I thought that, you know, maybe next year you start seeing the signs a little bit. The following year, they was going to make noise. But the way C.J. Stroud... Is playing, man. C.J. Stroud is really out here showing that this guy could potentially be rookie of the year or should be rookie of the year. Because C.J., like I said, he, he took over this AFC self. And he, you know, even though he didn't play every game this year, he didn't. You know what I mean? And, and, and you can't get mad at him about that because that's just the nature of the game. The belly of the beast. It's like you're not going to be able to play the whole game. But for him to actually to play, what did he play, um, 16 games this year? He played 16 games, so he missed two games this year. He threw 4,108 yards. He threw 23 touchdowns, which tied him 13th in the league. He threw for five interceptions, five. His QBR rating is of 57.5. And his completion percentage is a 63.8. That is right there telling me that this guy should be rookie of the year. You know what I mean? Like I said, nobody everybody knew that CJ Stroud was going to be better than Bryce Young from um Carolina. Hands down, we seen it. We we all we seen the arm ability, we seen uh uh, uh what he did in Ohio. We got the body stature and everything. He, he's kind of built to be a ready now quarterback. You know what I mean? I'm not trying not Bryce Young, but um, C.J. Stroud should have been picked number one. You know what I mean? Over Bryce Young. But, you know what I mean? Hey, that's just how Carolina wanted to pick it. They wanted to go that route. So Houston went on in and snagged the best quarterback in my eyes in that draft. And now look at him got his team in the playoffs and then not only get in the playoffs not only but win a playoff game in his rookie year so man like i said man you just can't get that credit just the uh cj Stroud. you really got to get that credit to um D'Amico ryan's and his staff and and that organization man because everybody thought that organization was going to take a couple of hits After Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson wasn't that type of, I mean, uh, after Deshaun Watson, they would let that good talent walk out that door all because of the massages and stuff like that. Everybody thought that Houston was going to be this old, bad organization because nobody wanted to play for them. Andre Johnson came out and talked about them. Uh, You got D-Hop coming out and said what he said. You know, everybody was just like, get the hell out of Houston. Houston, we got a problem. Houston was like, nah, dog. We good. All we got to do is just find a way to trade, finagle, get some good key pieces, figure this out, and then boom, we're going to be right back in it. We got a good head coach who's down here. They ain't just trying to grab any head coach just to say, hey, we grabbed them. They actually did their homework and found the better head coach that was fit their system. And then he was a defensive-minded head coach, so you know he was going to help that defense show up a little bit more. So, man, Houston, Texas, man, hats off to y'all. But you know, put my hat back on because y'all come, y'all come to the four-one-zero this coming Saturday. Y'all come to the bank, <laughs> and and I really think that that rookie wall and that rookie um, Cinderella story is about to come to an end because you about to go up against this guy, but. That's another another episode, another another topic. You feel me? But I really just think that the 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 um, Houston Texans was my surprise team in the AFC this year, man, and they didn't disappoint. They really showed up, showed out, and now they're in the playoff trying to figure it out. You feel me? So shout out to the Houston Texans, man. So there were my four teams. Two teams I felt like was um, had a, um, a decent year, was a surprise year. And we had two teams that were disappointing. The two disappointing teams uh, are the Chargers and the Seahawks. My two teams that I felt like it was a surprise this year was the Green Bay Packers and the Houston Texans. So shout out to the Houston Texans, man. Shout out to the Green Bay Packers, man. You know, having a great year. Hopefully next year that we can get uh, the Chargers to have a better year and the Seahawks will have a better year because both of those teams will have new coaching uh, down there. And hopefully that new coaching become new voices, new schemes, new everything. And it will help them better their players out. Hopefully. biggest cost for them. <laughs> All right, man. Let's switch it over to the next segment. My next segment I want to talk about is the head coaching uh, positions that's available. And there's a lot of head coaching, uh positions that's available right now. You feel me? And well, not a lot, but it's about a good six or seven um, available uh, right now. Shout out to Gerard Mayo Um, saying that – uh, well, rumored that he's the next uh, New England Patriots head coach man, well-deserved. I felt like he worked his way from being a player once he became – once he finished his career as a player, he went on here and became um, assistant coaches, linebacker coaches, um, he was underneath uh, Bill Belichick, and now you know being understudy under Bill Belichick, and now they ready to see is he the next guy for the um, New England Patriots. But you know it, it's a lot of good head coaching uh, positions out there. You know you got the Tennessee Titans, who I figure um, right now they don't know what they want to do for us quarterback wise and running back wise, and now head coaching wise, they like they let Mike Vrabel go. They, they, they don't know what they're going to do with Derrick Henry. And, you know, that quarterback, car, so I'm pretty sure Ryan Tannehill was out the door now. Now it's all about Patrick Wills and, 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 and Will Levis. Are those going to be the guys that can lead the uh, Tennessee Titans next year? Or will they be going to the draft looking for another quarterback? Um, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, are they going to be in the head coaching um, position? Are they going? To, or are they going to resign um, Antonio Pierce back? Because a lot of teams are saying that they. I mean, a lot of people, players from that organization, saying they want AP back there. You know, what I mean, they felt like that Antonio Pierce deserves to have another chance. The way that he coached this, the finish out this year, he did a stellar job. So maybe you know, what I mean, is that the best job available? I just talked about the Chargers having the new head coach, getting the new head coach coming up. Is that gonna be a good landing spot? Can just you know is Justin Herbert going to be the great starting point? Um, is that defense going to be able to become uh, dominant on the other side of the field? Is Jim Harbaugh going to be the head coach of this team? You know what I mean? Who else is the candidate for this uh, head coaching um, spot? Um, you got the Atlanta Falcons, where you know Arthur Smith just got canned by Arthur uh, Blank for the um, Atlanta Falcons. You know, that team got uh, B. John Robinson, and they got Kyle Pitts. Can those two corner pieces be a selling piece that bring a head coach and the head coach can figure out what to do with those good uh, key pieces? Carolina Panthers, they already had Bryce Bryce Young as their quarterback and hopefully um, could be the quarterback of the future. Can he be the selling piece um, for uh, uh, the next head coach down there in Carolina? Can it be the Washington Commanders? The Washington Commanders got some great uh, young talent, especially on that defensive line. They got some good wide. They got a good wide receiver. They got a, you know, what I mean, a good new ownership. Can that be a good landing spot for uh, um head coaches? Or can the Seattle Seahawks, who just lost, I mean, who just let Pete Carroll go, and 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 they felt like it's time to move on from Pete Carroll? Can he, I mean, can that team? Be a good landing spot for uh, a head coaching spot. Now, don't get me wrong. All these head coaching vacancies, man, are will be a, a, a dream. Somebody's dream job. You know, what I mean, understand that. No, it's not the the best teams in the NFL, but it's not what they did. You know, previous is what you can do to bring your style, your philosophy to this organization. This organization can grow and hopefully become. Not just part of this losing ways, but becoming part of the winner uh circle. You feel me? And honestly, as I went through, as I was just sitting there explaining each uh um vacancy, and I was like, damn, like I said, that that's somebody's dream job. Who can who can really take over this job? Who, who what what's job that make you say like, like yep, yeah, that's it right there. Um, This is the best opportunity. I feel like that this team is just a certain couple key pieces away from winning. You feel me? And my opinion, I think the best head coaching spot that's available right now, it's going to come out of that NFC East. And I think that Washington Commanders spot, that head coaching spot, is the best head coaching spot that's available right now. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that the Las Vegas Raiders was like, man, we we only maybe a quarterback away. We got a good wide receiver. We got a good court, blah, blah, blah. Mark Davis is is able to put the money up and all that. I get it. Just win, baby. (laughs) That's it. But if you really, really look at the Washington Commanders, I am a head coach. And I'm looking for a team that's pretty much starting over a little bit. It's pretty much it's starting over, but you still got some pieces there that you don't have to really completely start over. Yes, I understand that the Washington Commanders are going through a new owner's situation. I totally get it. That's a good thing because now you ain't got to worry about Dan Snyder trying to cut you off or sexual harassment or any scheming things coming out of this organization. They got new ownership. And this guy looking like he wants to spend money because this guy went and got a GM that was a GM for the Golden State Warriors to come in and consult or whatever position they need. want him to be at the, at the commanders. So you already know Bob Myers got winning ways and, and know how to think outside the box a little bit, because look what he, look how he helped construct the Golden State Warriors. Then, um, you know what I mean? they hire, I forgot the other type, uh, uh, another guy that could come in and help this organization um, get a little bit better, you know, in that front office ways. You feel me? And, and and not only, not only you have the front office, you know, newly trying to get everything together, it's fresh, trying to erase all the bad habits that was there before. You got a good Offensive coordinator who who we kind of still forgot about that sh- kind of should be a head coach in this league and Eric Enemy. And then you know what else that Eric Enemy has also? He also has a good wide receiver with him, Terry McCarlin. So you got these two th- these two people in that organization now that's pretty much built to win because we already know that. Um, McClellan is, oh, is a 1,000-yard uh, um, receiver. Eric Bienemy is a good offensive play caller, So you know he can design and, and come up with great schemes. So as your head coach, you don't have to really worry about that offense. And then on that defensive side, we already seen that the commanders gave up some, uh, uh, some good key pieces to that defensive line. And after they gave them up, they were still the best defensive line in the National Football League. So it's just like the commanders are pretty much just a couple pieces away. And I think a head coach and a quarterback, a good quarterback. I'm not saying Sam Howell is a good backup quarterback. But I'm talking about a franchise-changing quarterback. I really think that the Commanders are just missing a couple pieces. I know my man Ray is probably like, "Yes, Dad. <laughs> Fine, you gave you showing us some love. You feel me? Yes, I am. Cause you know I, I always give the Commanders some shit. But at the same time, we just like I said, dive into this organization. They only just a couple key pieces away. I feel like that they are better than the Seattle Seahawks if they can get a a, a good head coach. And a decent quarterback, or a good, hit, a good uh, quarterback, not just a decent. Sam Howell played pretty decent at times. You need better than a decent. You need a good quarterback. Um, you had, like I said, you got a good offensive coordinator, who pretty much a genius, a mastermind. You kind of see that once you took him uh, away from Kansas City, Kansas City is kind of struggling on the offensive creativeness. Um, like I said, you got a top wide receiver. You got a decent backfield running back. All you need is a quarterback. And on that defensive side, screw me, I believe if they build on their DBs, if they get better in the safety play and the cornerback play, the commanders can wind up being um, a contender in that NFC East. So I really just think that the commanders, Washington commanders is the best head coaching spot um, available right now, man, because like I said, they, I just laid out all the factors, man. I, I just think that they are head coaching a quarterback away from actually winning that division. <laughs> you feel me? So that, that that's exactly how I feel, man. I, I feel like the like I said, it's no disrespect to the Raiders, to the Card. I mean, um, the Chargers, the Seahawks, anybody else that I had uh, mentioned earlier. I just really simply think that the Washington Commanders are the better team to go ahead and get your head coaching job from. You know what I mean? Why not? <laughs> so, I didn't already talked about my surprise and disappointing teams. I didn't already talked about what's the best head coaching spot available right now. Let's talk about this wild card weekend, man. Because this wild card weekend was just was just like, woo. we just seen some teams that like, damn. And we just seen some teams that was like, Damn, <laughs> and I can't wait to get to that Damn. Team, you feel me? Um, the first game I want to give y'all a recap and talk about is the Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns. The Texans, who were the numbers? What was the number seven seed? Number five seed? I'm sorry. Um, number yeah, they were the number four seed. The Browns was number five seed. And the Houston Texans put it on the Cleveland Browns, man. Like 14 to 45 put it on them, man. And and once again, man, like I was telling y'all, man, if y'all thought that Joe Flacco, let me me show y'all my face on this one. If y'all thought that Joe Flacco was going to get off his couch and take the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl, y'all need to go ahead, get this little plastic cup, P in it, Taylor Central. Drug tested, man, because I don't know what y'all was smoking. Don't get me wrong, Joe Flacco did he, he played better than what I thought he was going to do. Joe Flacco played up to some levels of expectation. We was like, damn, I didn't know Joe still had it in him. You feel me? Um, but you can just tell that playoffs is, is totally different, man. You know, what I mean, they prepare, they 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 get ready for you a totally different way, man. And, and like I said, Joe Flacco didn't – he didn't really do nothing bad, really. He would just played at the hands that was dealt to him. Joe Flacco was 34 for 46, 307 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. You know what I mean? That, that showed that Houston Texans was all about game planning. They was ready for Joe Flacco. They knew that we shouldn't bite on Joe Flacco's um, uh, uh, play actions because if we bite on Joe Flacco's play action, man, he was going to kill us. And that's exactly what happened a little bit. Uh, Well, they didn't let happen. Let me say that. But C.J. Stroud, man, he came out with a good performance for his first playoff win. Uh, He was 16 from 21, 274 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And like I said, man, um, I really felt like that people was overhyping this Cleveland Browns defense. Don't get me wrong. The Cleveland Browns defense was stellar, was good throughout the regular season. But as you can see, as – December and January come uh, was coming, that you see that the Cleveland Browns defense starting to drop a little bit. It was either due to injuries or it was just that people was already kind of guessing on what the defense was doing. You know what I mean? Especially if Miles Garrett, you couldn't stop Miles Garrett. Everybody knows that. You're not going to be able to stop Miles Garrett, so you might as well just go ahead and, 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 and do your best. You feel me? But Miles Garrett didn't really... Uh, show up this game and like I said, man, you we gotta really sh- get a um, standing ovation to the Houston Texans, man. Cause like I said in the beginning of my surprise team, nobody really expected them to achieve this. Nobody, nobody thought that uh, the Houston Texans were gonna win the division and get to the second round to the playoffs. So hats off to the Houston Texans, man. Y'all played y'all asses off, man. Another game that. Was a kind of a surprise, but not really a surprise to me. Was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins, and the Chiefs got that one 26 to seven. Let me repeat that for y'all 26 to seven. And just like how it was in Kansas City, that's exactly how it was for the Miami offense cold as hell. Miami just could not do anything. At the Miami score, they opened the touchdown, man. That was it for the Miami Dolphins. And this is why I was telling people about the Miami Dolphins previously, that when they just like last year, when it came down to December and January and late January, the Dolphins go cold, especially if they're not able to play in Miami for the full length of the playoffs. That's why it was important for Miami to get that number one seed because so they can play, play in Miami throughout the playoffs. Them going to these cold-ass states, them coming to Baltimore, them going to Kansas City, them going to Buffalo, really hurt them. And um, it hurt them to the part that now we start to ask questions about Tua. What's Tua's future in in, in this uh, uh, Miami organization? It's Tua the guy. So the Dolphins start looking for another quarterback. So the Dolphins go out here and trade for Russell Wilson maybe break him down here and put some fire on the um, Tua. Was, these are all the news that was just coming coming out there. You know what I mean? Tyreek Hill, this is his first game back at Earl Hill Stadium since he got um traded. And then, you know what I mean, the, the Kansas City defense. We gotta give our hats off to the defense. The defense was after they after they, Tyreek Hill was able to score his first touchdown and his only touchdown. They kept Tyreek Hill under 53 yards. And now we see anything like that. Is the Chiefs known for defense? Can the Chiefs find a way to get deep into the playoffs by winning defense and not offense? You know what I mean? So it, we we got some questions to see, and we can't wait to see how they play uh, next week, man. So, like I said, man, this game was uh, surprising, but not really surprising, man. I thought Miami was going to put up a better fight than this. But then again, like I said, uh, it's January. We should have known that you know fishes don't do good in cold weather, in cold weather. <laughs> Woo Oh my goodness. This next game I'm going to talk about. Locked in sports. Cowboy Nation. Anybody that's a cowboy fan? What the hell happened here? What happened? 32 to 48. Go, Pack, go. As my man Kurt would say, man. And 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 the Packers, like I said, man, I didn't expect the Green Bay Packers to win. I thought, hey, this can be a game that Dallas can get over the hump, can finally get out the wild card. Hey, this is the year that Dallas should make a little bit of no. No. Psych, like, I didn't say none of that. I already knew that the Dallas Cowboys – was not that team i've been saying it for the last since i have been on my own show for the last two plus years i've been saying that the dallas cowboys are the team they are who they are they are not a winning team they are not going to the super bowl they will they will keep on underperforming they will do good in the regular season but when it comes deep into the playoffs, man, they are trash, trash. They just straight trash. And then just a week ago, when I was on an eight o'clock spot, check that show out if you have not already. It tunes, it drops to it adds tonight at eight o'clock, on the Grid Network. But I um, I told them. They asked the simple question: Was do the number two seed help the Dallas Cowboys out? For them to make their Super Bowl run. I completely told them no, it does not help Dallas out. And they all scratched their head. That was on the panelists. The panelists and and, and and everybody else was scratching their head, even the host, Bry- uh, Bryson, scratching their head. When I said no, the number two seat does not matter to the to the it doesn't matter. If the Cowboys defense doesn't show up, there ain't no game. There's none. If Michael Parsons does not put an imprint on the game, I'm not saying he has to be a T.J. Watt, but he has to do T.J. Watt things for, for the uh, Cowboys to win. Oh, no, Dave, you're wrong. And then he didn't even give me good points. I was wrong. The seeding does matter. That As long as that the Cowboys get the easiest damn seed, they can win. That's exactly what they told me. But once again, Mr. MTMO was right. It doesn't matter about that damn seating when it comes to the Cowboys. It it, it would never matter. Number one, as long as Jerry Jones is your owner, y'all will never win. I keep on stressing that. As long as he's the only owner that has to be a center of everything. He has to be in the media. He has to go ahead and do his podcast. He has to do this. He he has to do all of this stuff. But at the same time, it ain't helping the Cowboys out. You're putting so much goddamn pressure on them. And then everybody, oh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is just your average quarterback. This guy, this need to learn how to shut up, number one. Because you sitting here going to these podiums, oh, I suck. And, and I did this. And, and I didn't live up to the stand. My guy. We've been seeing this for the last couple of years from you. We know I know what to expect. I don't know why y'all anybody else expect any difference. Then Mike McCarthy got to go. If the Cowboys want to get deep into the playoffs, Mike McCarthy has to go. This is the same head coach. Remember a couple of years ago when he did the interview with uh y'all owner Jerry Jones. What did he say in that press conference once he got the job? I lied to get this job. It's like, what? You came out and said this in front of your boss, in front of the whole world, that you lied in the interview to get this job? Now, don't get me wrong. not frowned upon about the lying part. Everybody does it in an interview. You sell yourself out just a little bit more when you really want that job. But for you to come out and say that you lied about it, I knew once he said, that, I said, it's not going to go good for the Packers. I mean, uh, for the Cowboys. It's not going to go good. <laughs> you want a guy that can get you prepared for the Super Bowl. What are you going to lie to you and say that this is going to work? What are you going to lie to you and say, yeah, you're going to make the team, but you're really not? Can you really trust this guy? You know, I'm not saying that Bill Belichick is the answer, because I understand that a lot of people are saying that Bill Belichick is the answer, but I'm not saying that that's the answer that's, it, that can help. It could be a good help, but at the same time, man, it's it going to take way more than Mike McCarthy to leave. You're going to have to get rid of Mike McCarthy. Jerry Jones have to play in the background, not do too much interviews or anything in that nature. He's the only owner that do all these interviews and stuff like that. And look at his team. So um, and then, you know, just a fun fact that the Green Bay Packers got more playoff wins than the Cowboys have in their own stadium. That is terrible. That is that is terrible. You're telling me that the Green Bay Packers got more wins in AT&T Stadium than your own Dallas Cowboys? Terrible. You know what I mean? I just think that that organization just needs to go ahead and start over. Bad door quick. You guys, you gotta do it quick. I got a couple of comments right here, man. I got my son, one of my sons on here. Tumble dad, I'm on your podcast. (laughs) Yes, you is on my podcast, son. And that's one of my sons, Arian, man. Check them out, man. My guy, they my guys, they 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 love me. They just always want to hop on my shows and stuff like that. So shout out to my sons, man. Shout out to (laughs) Arian. Yeah, bro. You, you see it. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's just that the cowboys are the cowboys. They are who they are. So anybody that's a cowboy fan, I feel sorry for y'all. You know, go sit on the go sit on the couch, get your popcorn ready, man. And then and the Ravens gonna show y'all how to you know advance a little bit further in the playoffs, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um another team, another game that uh was, was a good game in the play in the wild card was the, the the Lions and the Rams, man. This game was like a mini shootout, in my opinion. The reason why I say this was like a mini shootout, man, because it all came down to who was going to be – what defense was going to stop what? Who was going to stop who? Because both of these teams was coming out firing and, and, and the Lions, they was just trying their best to make sure that they get their first – Playoff victory since 1992, man. They was they was like, Look, we're gonna get this first one. We trying to host another playoff game. And you know, Detroit, what like I said earlier, they they deserve to be hosting playoff game because, like I said, they turned that corner, they finally got there and said, Yes, we are the uh we are division champs, yes, we better than the Packers. Yes, 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 yes. Finally, if the things is going our way, and I just think that what Dan Campbell has did to that organization, man and his staff, man, has really, really boosted uh, the Lions. They helped Jared Goff. Remember, Jared Goff was pretty much written off once the Rams traded him for Matthew Stafford. You know what I mean? It was like, yep, yeah, yeah, Matthew Stafford, we'll take you, and we'll forget about Jared Goff. And then now look at Jared Goff. I'm not saying that Matthew Stafford's Super Bowl trophy is not better than uh, Jared Goff's first playoff uh, victory. But now you, we, we're starting to be okay with it. Be like, oh, okay. We think that both teams won that trade. Both teams got what they what they was really getting for. I'm pretty sure the Detroit Lions won a Super Bowl, win, too. Also, totally get it. But at least you didn't get a quarterback that was going to drag your uh, organization down, and you're not winning. Jared Goff was looking to improve to get better, and he's doing it. At times, Jared Goff still do Jared Goff stuff. But hey. You know what I mean? You can't be too mad about him. Um, But what you can be mad about, though, that the Rams was 0-3 in the red zone. They was leaving points. So it was like the Rams were shooting themselves. They had the opportunity to win this game, to not let Detroit actually get their first uh, victory since 92. But at the same time, man, the Rams, I I didn't really believe that the Rams was going to win this game. Um, they, they, They play hard. They they will throw up points. They got this somehow sneaky way. That wide receiver, uh, what's his name, uh, Noka Puka something in that nature. I'm sorry if I got your name wrong, but he's going to be a stellar wide receiver in this game. Shorty is hard to take down. He don't go down on the first tackle or anything in that nature. Shorty played hard and he played physical. Um, this long injury can really stay in front. Uh, stay away from him. I think Shorty got a bright future. Um, let's see. <laughs> My son went on here and commented again, man. I love you, son. Um, The next game I want to talk about, Steelers. The Steelers game. The Steelers in the Buffalo game. Um, As I alluded to, I knew that the Steelers was going to win. I know all the Steelers fans was like, we're going to beat Buffalo. We're going to be coming back to Baltimore and coming for y'all for that third victory. We're going to beat y'all three times this year. (sighs) Well, the only time you're going to be able to beat us three times this year is if you get past Buffalo. What you didn't get past Buffalo, you lost 31-17. Now, um, this game, honestly, you know, Josh Allen really showed out and took over this game. Josh Allen was um, 21 for 33 touchdowns this game. Mason Rudolph wasn't too bad, but the thing about Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers is, these guys can throw up yards. They can get you hella, of, hella of yards, but when it comes to points, no good, no good at all, man. And I and I kept telling all the Steelers people that you know was willing to talk to me about this game. I said before this game started, I said if the Buffalo Bills. Score 14 points, 14 offensive points. I don't think that the Steelers can win this game for the simple fact that because the Steelers' defense is hard for them to stop people. Um, one, uh, I didn't know Mika Fitzpatrick was going to play this game, but I knew TJ Watt wasn't going to play. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick do changes things a little bit. But as you can see that he was coming off the injury, he wasn't really looking to tackle that much yesterday. Um, He had a lot of tackles that was that was just blown. Didn't get none of that stuff. So I, I, that's why I was saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers, honestly, in my opinion, wasn't the team. They wasn't going to beat Buffalo. Um, that cold, that Buffalo air up there, boy, is different. It's different than that Pennsylvania air in my eyes, man. It's gets a little colder. Buffalo is built different. These they asked their own fans to come shovel out their sheet their seats. So <laughs> you know what I mean? So I but other than also for real, though, I just really think that Pittsburgh got in. Um, number one, because of Mike Tomlin and his willing to, willingness to win. Um, the culture that he built in Pittsburgh is, is is really a good culture there. Can't lie. Y'all already know I hate the status, but Good culture there. Um, I just think that the Steelers are quarterback and offensive coordinator away. I think that if the Steelers can find a quarterback, I don't think Kenny Pickett is the answer. I most definitely don't think Mason Rudolph is the answer. And I know Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky is not the answer because he won't be there next year. I know that for sure. This quarterback competition is going to come to Mitchell, uh, is going to come to uh, uh Pickett and Mason Rudolph. And I think it's going to be Mason Rudolph to lose. Um, I think that the Steelers has more faith than Mason Rudolph because of what he was able to do toward the end of the season and going to the postseason. It wasn't really that bad. Mason Rudolph was 22 for 39, 229, two touchdowns and one interception. That one interception was just bad placement, really. Um, so I really did think that the Steelers was just outmatched. The Bills were the better team. Hands down. You know what I mean? that. I feel like if this if this was a uh, game that was early in the year, could have been something different. You know what I mean? A couple of comments. My son's <laughs> just running up the comments. Hey, Dan, Noel is right here, too. What it is, don't know. I love you, too, my guy. Um, But also, I just really feel like – um. That the Steelers, uh, this wasn't a better team. The last game of the wild card was the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Philadelphia Eagles came up short, real short, 32 to 9, man. And honestly, I just think that the reason this game uh, was like this is for the simple fact that the Buccaneers were way more physical and aggressive, they came out. Physical and aggressive. they came out ready to hit they came out ready to play they didn't care about Jenna Hurst's injury and his broken finger they didn't care about Jell- uh, AJ Brown not going to be able to play they didn't care that Julio Jones didn't finish the game they didn't care about any of that they didn't care that he was 10-1 while this team was struggling in the beginning of the season they, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was like look our quarterback is hurt also he got two injuries just like your quarterback and he's gonna come out here and we're gonna keep on throwing, we're gonna keep on playing. And that's exactly what the Buccaneers did. The Buccaneers was relentless, like relentless. They did not care about the I mean the Eagles being in the NFC Championship last year. You know, what I mean, it got to the they were like, we got one task and one task only. We don't care about Jalen Hurts trying to get the ball down there because AJ Brown is not here and Devontae Smith can do but so much. Good wide receiver, but not the wide receiver that can take over the game. We're going to shut down that run game. That's exactly what the Buccaneers did. The Eagles was only able to hold, I mean, pull out a 42 yards of rushing and was only averaging 2.8 yards of carry. That's not going to get the job done. You know what I mean? And then the Eagles only had 13 total first downs. They was 0-9 on third down and they was 0-2 on fourth down. You can't win like that. You're not going to be able to win like that. That was not championship pedigree. Um, but, you know, credit to the Eagles. They did make it to the postseason. They did, you know, uh, make it farther enough. And you got people got to remember they lost their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator from last year. So you can't really just, you know, just say that, hey, you know, the Eagles, they were just their time. You know what I mean? Um, I just think that they need to go back, revamp. Number one, they got to find another center. They got to find somebody that's going to be the key key piece of protecting Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts cannot stay healthy, that's how far the Eagles is going to go. However far Jalen Hurts can go, that's how far the Eagles are going to go. And if they can't protect him and have him stay healthy, then by all means that they is going to be doo-doo next year. It's not going to be fly, Eagles fly. It's going to be cry, eagles, cry. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So that's my wild card uh, recap right there, man. So shout out to the teams and the Buccaneers, the Bills, the Lions, the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Texans. Man, they are going to have to face somebody new next week. The Texans come to Baltimore. Kansas City go to Buffalo. The Packers – who would the Packers go to? The Packers go to uh they go to San Francisco, I think. And I think uh Tampa Bay goes to uh Detroit. So it's gonna be a very, very divis- good divisional weekend. Hopefully my boys can go here and take care of business, you know what I mean? And and of course, um I can't wait to see my Ravens take care of business of them Texans, man. And my sons, uh just keep on commenting. Thank you, sons, for keep on commenting. Yeah, that game was crazy. Yes, sir, it was. You know, we, we watched it together. And my sons go ahead and let me know that they are my number one fans. Yes, y'all are. That's why I love y'all. <laughs> um, all um right. Last but not least, my favorite segment of the show. You know, what I mean, I can't wait till I get a little theme music for it and all that. Cause, like I said, this is gonna be a, a start being the key piece of the show. You feel me? And we are about to go ahead and do my random thought, man. So you know, my random thought. It's pretty much this segment, man. It's about you know you just seeing things that's sports related, but somehow, someway they turn themselves to not being sports related. You know what I mean? Still in the sports atmosphere, but you just got to sit here and start thinking like, what the fuck are these guys are doing? And the guy that I want to talk about this week, he played. He, he he's he he's a he's no longer an NBA team right now. I'm pretty sure that he's going to work his way back up. Um, but my guy, Ryan Rollins. If you don't know who this kid is, I'm about to introduce you to this kid, Ryan Rollins is an American professional basketball player who last played for the Washington Wizards on the National Basketball Association, the NBA. He played college basketball for Toledo, for the Toledo Rockets. Um, then uh, he was also drafted by the Golden State Warriors, which once Golden State was done with him, they went on here and traded him to the Washington Wizards. Um, it seems like this transaction was was had to be done because I guess the Golden State Warriors kind of seen what was going on to this guy. And the reason why um they wanted to get rid of him is because they, I guess they seen that this guy might have sticky fingers because the reason why the, um, he is no longer with the Washington Wizards, man, because Rollins has been charged with seven accounts of petty larceny in the month of the, of September through November. This guy has sticky fingers. This guy was going around here stealing worth over a thousand dollars worth of stuff out of Target. Out of Target, this guy was over there stealing like body washes, candles, sporting goods, groceries, and some more stuff. Um, like like I said, these items that he stole was worth over a thousand dollars. So it seemed like this guy was just going in and out of stores, just just pick it up. Swipe in, no swiping. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know the crazy part about it is, man, that this, throughout his years in the NBA, man, he has a fully guaranteed contract that is worth $1.7 million for the 2023 and 2024 season. And he can be up to getting fully guaranteed in the 2024, 2025 season up to 600000 It's like, dog, oh, what the fuck are you doing? What, like, why, 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 why? There's something wrong with these kids, man. These kids make it to the NBA, man, and just feel like that everything is owed to them. Everything has to be given to them. That should not be the case. You know what I mean? Like I said, you make a nice amount of money, whether it's that 600000 or whether it's that $1.7 million. You make that much money, you can go ahead and steal over $1,000 worth of stuff, like body wash that you can buy with your own money, groceries. I feel like you can buy with your own money. um, Candles? Dog, what are you trying – what are you getting romantic for like that, yo? <laughs> that you got to go out here and steal candles? No, nah, yo, that's not the way to go, man. And like I said, he was not the best player on the Wizards because, like I said, the Wizards is having a shitty year any goddamn way. The Wizards are a team that you, you, you're going to laugh at. You know what I mean? I had made a segment – this is not too long ago when I was talking about Jordan Poole in the Washington Wizards. And now look at the Wizards because, like I said, man, it's not like this guy's a, a high score. He's not a big name in Washington, man, because in his time with Washington, he's averaging 4.1 points, averaging 1.1 rebounds, 1.1 assists, and this is all averaging 6.6 minutes a game in 10 games. In 10 games, he, the Washington Wizards were like, nah, you you gotta go. You got sticky fingers. And you know, I mean, and, and like I said, man, I, I I hate to say it, but dog, you, you doing stupid shit, yo. You not you're not really thinking, man. You 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 out here doing you out here doing crackhead shit, man. <laughs> it's like you you got you you make good amount of money. Why you gotta go out here and steal, man? You know, I mean, stuff like that, man, I'm not saying that you was a, you have to be a role model, but you know, kids look up to stuff like this. Kids got so much access to the internet and stuff like that. Like how my sons, they're sitting here watching this and for, you know, like I said, I'm not looking for you to be a role model, but you can't expect for you to go ahead and speak to kids or have kids look up to you if you're doing stupid shit like this. It's not how things go. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure you grinded, and you worked hard to get to the NBA. The NBA, I'm not saying it's, it's the hardest place to get into, but it's a lot of kids' dreams that get crushed because they make it to the NBA. It's a lot of college kids that's out here that's, that was trying their best, even coming from Toledo, was trying their best to make it to the league, and you made it. And then you grade transition you Yourself out the fucking league all because you want to steal some body wash because you want to smell good, you want to smell like old spice. Like, come on, yo, you, 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 you doing you, as my kids will say, you're doing too much, yo, it's not really looking good for you, you know what I mean? Because now, what if no team really wants to take you now because they got to worry about theft, petty loss? Because if they can't trust you inside their locker room around their things and stuff like that, how are they going to trust you to be on there? That team, period. So, man, Ryan Rollins, man, dog, I, I really hope you can get your act together, get some stuff together, man, get things in order, man. Do better in your life. You know what I mean? Stealing is just not the way to go, especially if you got the money to buy the stuff that you stole. So I'm pretty sure that uh, Target is going to make you pay that money back. Um, Hopefully, man, you know, fingers crossed that you don't have to do no jail time over some petty stuff like this. You know what I mean? It's, it's We already seen like how some of these players like Henry Ruggs in the NFL wants to go drinking and driving and do 100-something miles an hour and then take your career away. You see how, uh, what's the kid named, what's his name, Michael Bridges, when he got into a situation with his lady and all this other stuff. We got to learn how to stop putting ourselves in these bad predicaments, man. We got to start putting ourselves in better predicaments so we can have better, good situations and better situations. We're going to have to install things like good situations where these kids cannot just sit here and think that I play for the NBA and I can do what the fuck I want. Well, I play for the NFL and I do what the fuck I want. It's not how things should go, man. I ain't saying that you got to be a saint, that you got to keep your hands clean and you're not going to send, you're going to do some things, but come on, you know, leave that stuff like that for the people who really needs it. You know what I mean? If you, I, I, you know, like I said, man, I'm not condoning um, theft or anything of that nature, but it's it's people out here that's trying to make it, you know what I mean? And then theft is, like, their only way. My God, you made it. It's probably not where exactly you want to be, but you made it. You made it to almost every damn black kid dream in the NBA. Got to hold yourself better, man. You got to hold yourself better. Um. Uh, 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 so there I have it, man. Like I said, it felt so good to be back, man. It felt, it felt damn so good to be back, um, behind this camera and, and give y'all my, uh, uh, my thoughts, man. I hope y'all really appreciate, um, this episode, man. Like I said, man, make sure y'all go tell a friend who can be a friend who want to be a friend. that NTMO sports podcast is back and is coming out here and I'm giving y'all um, um, everything that I got, you feel me? Like I said, it's not going to be too many more breaks unless it's a family stuff, man. I'm coming back. Well, I'm already planning my 119th episode, you feel me? I'm planning it so bad that I may be potentially having uh, a new guest or a returning guest. Because like I said, I still got information that I want to spread, you feel me? Especially, especially this one big key part that I got coming up in 2024, man. Not going to spill the beans just yet, yo. Still got some more details to iron out and stuff like that. But just know that your boy, Dad, is about to take care of his city. You feel me? Baltimore, baby, about to be taken care of because I got something in store for us. You feel me? So sit back, sit tight, and I got us. You feel me? In, in due time, those who patiently wait will patiently get a good reward. You feel me? So. That's what I'm sticking to. That's what I'm uh, going to be going to. Before I let y'all go, man, make sure y'all go check out the Grid Network, man. We got great shows on the Grid Network. You feel me? Um, Make sure if you're not tapped in already, tap in that subscribe button. While I'm on a subscribe button, make sure you hit the subscribe button for this one. If you're not already subscribed, man, like I said, I am on the road, back on the road. I had to hop off the highway. Now I'm back on it. I am on the road to getting a thousand subscribers, and I won't stop until I get it. And I, even when I do get it, I'm still going to keep going. So help me out, y'all! Y'all feel me? Yo, make sure y'all go out here and tell a friend that you yo subscribe to MTMO. Yo, it's the, it's the goat, It's the whatever you yeah, uh however you want to describe this show. You feel me? Dope show is how I like to go with it. You feel me? So make sure y'all go out here to subscribe to the Grid Network. Make sure y'all subscribe to NCMO so every time I drop something, you'll get that notification that I'm dropping. You feel me? And you won't be left behind. Um, make sure y'all go check out my favorite ladies, yo, locked in sports. Yo, I guarantee you they got some dope episodes. I got some episodes that I gotta catch up with them on, but I they just dropped um not too like a couple of days ago. So please go check in LOC Locked In Sports Show. I guarantee you you going to love them i love them so i know you would you feel me oh before i let y'all go yo i said i was gonna make the announcement today the mtmo prediction season is now officially over and this year winner of mtmo prediction season it's now and i just announced that they are have they got dope episodes out it's my girl one half of lockdown sports Shalice, yo Least, congratulations on winning MTMO Prediction Sports this year, man. I guarantee you that your shirt and your hat will be ordered real soon. And it will be sent to you. I will send you all the information once I order in and everything. So, shout out to Least man, for winning MTMO Prediction season this year, man. And, yo, just to give y'all a little insight on that, yo. Majority of, of my participants was males. Guess how many males led this season? Donut. <laughs> this season it was led by females all year. The beginning of the, year, uh, the season was my wife. From week one through week six was my wife. She took over that whole uh, uh, first place. And then from week seven to, to the end, Lee took over. Once she got to that first spot, man, oh, my goodness. She took it and ran with it and never looked back. So shout-out to them, man. Shout-out to all my participants, man. Like I said, I appreciate y'all for actually joining, putting in your picks, uh, uh, joking around inside the group chat, man. Y'all made this season even more funner than it was previous years, you feel me? So, like I said, I appreciate to everybody that participated in uh, MTMO season, uh, prediction season, man, and since I'm on this uh, – the gears, man. If you like to get an MTMO hat or ATB hat, shirt, hoodies, or anything of that nature, man, all you got to do is just uh, go to the grid shop and just go ahead and start shopping until you don't want to shop no more. You feel me? So go to the grid shop, go in, uh, find MTMO or whatever uh, brand that you want. You feel me? And go ahead and hit us up. Hit, uh, hit us up. You feel me? And like that, yo. Like I said, i see y'all in about a week or two when I drop 119 Thought. Got uh, Hopefully, I have a um, a new guest or a returning guest, or you might just be me, you feel me? So, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Make sure you go follow my social media platform that's going around the ticket at the bottom. You feel me? And as always, y'all, I catch y'all when I catch y'all. Check me out. I holler.